What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast, Dog Mom Mentality, where we strive to play with dogs and not emotions. I am your virtual bestie, Caroline, and I have my furry friend here, Layla, and we are going to give you a break from your day to talk about all things dogs and emotional well-being. If you have ever been emotionally affected by your dog, then this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Dog Mom Mentality Podcast. I am so excited that you are here. If you are new, welcome. Thanks for coming and I hope you get a chance to go back and listen to some of my past episodes. I'm feeling good this week. Last week I had a sinus uh, infection, lots of like itchy throat, like tired, stuffy nose, all of that. And this week I'm feeling much better. So I'm feeling more energized. My throat isn't as scratchy and sore, but I'm still having a little bit of congestion and probably sound nasally, but I kind of sound nasally to begin with, like anyways. (laughs) So I probably sound normal to you guys. How are all my dog mamas doing? I have decided like that's what I'm going to refer to it as like as you, my dog mama, (laughs) my dog mom support club uh, because that's literally what it is. Um, I have that on a t-shirt now and it's I mean it's it's what it is. You guys are my dog mamas. You're my dog mom support club. It's like this big community of just the best people. Um. It, it's literally like how they say it takes a village and you guys are my village. <laughs> Speaking of which, shirts and stickers are back in stock and available on my website. So you can go grab your dog mom support club, your boundaries are cool, your bad dog mom shirt and wear them like all the other cool dog mamas. You can find all the shirts and stickers at dogmommentality.com. And if you have any problems with your order or anything comes up and you have any questions, the best place to reach me about that is at my email. And you can find that on the website or you can just email me caroline at dogmommentality.com. Caroline is spelled with a K. It is the best way to reach me about anything that's going on. Today we are joined by a badass guest and we talk a lot about personal development and getting over like emotional humps with our dogs and their reactivity. So we are talking to Joanna and she has her dogs Nix and Kane and they live in Colorado and love to hike, run, camp, ski, and paddleboard. Pretty much anything outdoors. Kane was her first dog as an adult and he is now eight years old and has had many behavioral issues including being uncomfortable around new people and new dogs. They have been on a training journey together for many years and while they have made great progress, it will be a lifelong journey. Nix is a two-year-old GSP who is as close to perfect as you can get. She is social, outgoing, biddable, and they like to hike all day and snuggle all evening. You can find Joanna's blog featuring articles on their hiking adventures and living with dogs at coloradomountainpack.com, and she has a really, really great collaborative blog with many other dog owners who have dealt with behavioral issues, and it's kind of like this podcast, but in blog form. So it's a really great article. I'll have that linked in the show notes. 
Before we get into today's episode, I'm going to go through some happies and crappies because I remembered to ask you guys this week on my story. So my happy from this past week is that Layla is feeling much better after dealing with a UTI. It was a very scary moment seeing blood in her urine. I like freaked the fuck out. And so I'm just so happy that she is feeling better from that and like is back to normal. My crappy was probably just dealing with that this past week and and dealing with my sinus infection. This week just felt very busy coming out of a three-day weekend. I felt like I had a very jam-packed week at work and like I was trying to make up for the day that we missed at the beginning um, for Memorial Day weekend. So your happies this week, there were so many. I loved, loved, loved seeing them. Um, so this person said they had two interviews for a potential new company and she's feeling excited about them. This person said their pellet stove is coming in tomorrow and getting installed. I'm like interested to see what that, what that is. I'm going to have to message you and ask. (laughs) Um, Somebody's having a bachelorette party this weekend, which is super fun because Bobby is actually at his bachelor party this weekend in Vegas. This person said their boy is finally starting to click with reactivity training. Three great walks in a row. Congrats to you. Um, This person said they went to a camp with their dog and it was, or with their dogs, sorry for that. Um, So they went camping with their dogs. It was wonderful to watch them run around and play in the river. And oh, they said the shirts they ordered from me were delivered that day and they love them. So thank you so much. I hope you get to enjoy many more camping adventures with your dogs. But for all those happies, there were definitely some crappies that came with them. So this person said their vet was an asshole on Monday. Literally so sorry about that. Um, This person said their dog has an ear infection and is dealing with some seasonal summer allergies. Totally feel that. We dealt with that a lot last summer. Layla had allergies like all over her paws. They were really red and inflamed and itchy and she had like hair loss and red spots all over her paws. Um, We eventually had to go and get a Cytopoint injection, which is like an allergy shot for dogs basically. And she had them, I think she had two last fall and then one in like January or February of this year. And luckily uh, her allergies like haven't really came back and which is great. I'm so excited for that. Um, And so we haven't had to get that allergy shot yet again. I'm hoping that it continues all throughout the summer and I'm really hoping that this has to do with the new food that she's been on. Like, I'm pretty sure that this new food is helping her a lot with her allergies. Let's see. This person said they graduated from college and are struggling to find a job right now. Whew, I am so sorry about that. Um, Feel free to message me about that. Maybe we can, like, figure something out and, like, join together as a community to help this person find a job um, in the field that they're looking for. Um, let's see. Oh, the person that went camping with their dog said that their dog completely blew off recall and it turned into a game. And this person said they're dealing with some burnout uh, from training with their stubborn dog. I have definitely went through that at times. I have had to take breaks and then just come back to it. I find that that is what works for me. And hopefully you can find some time for yourself over the next week and do that for yourself. And then maybe you'll feel back at it. 
As always, thank you guys so much for sharing your happies and crappies with me. Um, it really gives me an opportunity to learn more about you guys, and that's one of the reasons that I love it so, so much. But without further ado, we are going to get into this week's episode with Joanna. Hello, everybody. Today, we have Joanna on from Colorado Mountain Pack. Super excited to have her on. She recently had an article that gained some popularity, especially around the dog community on Instagram. And it really uh, struck a chord with me. It like really hit home with me. And so I wanted to bring her on to talk a little bit about her and her family and her dogs. So welcome, Joanna. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat today. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. So if you want to just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and your dogs and, you know, anything fun that that you have coming up or anything fun that you've recently done. Yeah. So my name's Joanna. Um, I live in Colorado with my fiance, our two dogs, Kane and Nix, and our two cats. Um, My dog that will be probably talking about mostly today is Kane. Um, he's an almost eight-year-old rescue mutt who has a slew of behavioral issues, um, all of which we have trained a lot with, worked through, but they're still there. Um, and then I have Nix, who's a two-year-old GSP. Um, she's the complete opposite of Kane. She's probably about as perfect as you can get in a dog. Um, she's very social, very loving, and just down to do literally whatever you want to do. Um, and then our two cats are Simba and Addison. Um, so we live in Colorado. We love to hike, love to trail run, ski, pretty much anything that's outdoors. Um, mostly just really excited for summer coming up to get back into camping, um, hiking mountains again. I'm kind of just over the winter weather. Um, so yeah, that's about it. I feel that the, I live in Kentucky. And so the winter, like one day it would be 50, the next day it would be 30, the next mm-hmm. day it would be 70. And then like the next day it'd be 18. And then, <laughs> yeah, it's like all over the place. But right now we have a lot of rain. Um, I've always really, really wanted to go to Colorado. So I am jealous of everyone I follow on Instagram that lives in Colorado. Hopefully we'll, we'll make it there soon. Yeah, I absolutely love living here. Um, I'd say spring is probably the worst time of year. Like you said, like it's just bipolar weather Mm -hmm. last week, we had 70 degree days and then it was snowing again. And currently we have like 70 mile an hour wind gusts going on. Um, so it's just, yeah, spring is not my favorite time of year. Yeah. I, I really do not like the, the rain. It kills my vibe so much. And like, Mm -hmm. you just can't really do like a whole lot with the dogs when it's raining unless you just intentionally plan on like getting (laughs) dirty and like you're up for the, the the bass and the bathing and the grooming and everything that comes (laughs) with that. So yep. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, and so I want to ask just before we hop on, so Kane was a rescue, right? And then was Nick's also a rescue? Nope. Nix is from a breeder in okay. Missouri. Okay. Awesome. And then what are their breeds? Um, so Kane is a total mutt. Yeah. Um, or just, you I, know, kind of like, or maybe guess, I guess. <laughs> yep. Yep. So he is basically his biggest percentages were lab and pit bull mix. Okay. And then Nix is a German short hair pointer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Layla's a, a mutt too. She gets mistaken as just a full bred Aussie. And I'm like, 
if you put her beside <laughs> like a true Australian shepherd, you would so be able to tell that she was a mutt. <laughs> Have you done a DNA test on her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did an embark and it was 50% Aussie. And then the other 50 were a mix of herding breeds um, and okay. boxer randomly. So oh. Yeah, she looks like an Australian shepherd, but she's really lanky and a little bit taller. So she's not as like like bulky, I guess you could say, Mm -hmm. as an Aussie. So yeah, she's she's a she's a mutt. But okay, so lab and pitbull is what you said Kane was, right? Yep. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. All right. So I kind of mentioned a little bit about your article, and it was called the uh, behavioral spectrum of or spectrum of dog behaviors basically was, was what it was about. And you had uh, lots of different people contribute to it, which I thought was a really, really great idea. Um, But you start off by saying that having a reactive dog is isolating and emotionally exhausting and hard, which is like a hundred percent true. Definitely something that I've tried to bring to light because a lot of dog owners don't realize that. And, but yeah, it's part of the reason why I made this podcast. So I want to first ask if there is anything that you have learned since sharing that article um, like maybe people you didn't think would relate, relate, or like things that you learned about other people. Yeah, absolutely. I think just kind of like hearing you say the first words I said in that, like makes me emotional because Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember when I got cane, I had no idea dogs could have any of these issues. Right. Right. I was super naive to that. I grew up with the most friendly, social, easygoing dogs ever. And just knowing no one who was in that scenario with me, you know, was super isolating. It was so draining, so exhausting. So I think my whole purpose of starting his dog Instagram was to connect with other people that were going through similar things. And then as I became more connected and as I started to deal with things a lot better and actually make progress in our training, my kind of goal switched to sharing our journey so that other people who were struggling with this could find my account and feel the way I did when I found some of these other accounts, Um, not feel so alone, ask, be able to ask questions, be able to just rant or relate or anything. So I think when I published that blog post, I was, I had so many people reach out to me with just thanks and gratitude for everything that I wrote and everyone who collaborated wrote anything. It was, it was, you know, people who I've talked to before on social media that I had no idea their dogs had any kind of behavioral issues. And I think a lot of people struggle with them and don't, you know, not everyone has to share their journey like Mm -hmm. I do so publicly. Um, and that's, you know, totally their choice, but so many people reached out and they were like, I'm so thankful that someone shared this with me, or I'm so thankful I saw this because it is isolating. And now I just read 10 stories and out of those 10 stories, most people were able to find one that somewhat connected with their journey. Um, which I think was really why I wanted to have such a variety of behavioral issues, breeds, training styles, kind of of just spreading it out everywhere so that no matter who was reading it, they would find some little tidbit of information that they connected with and not feel like they were so alone. And I think the feedback I got was that I definitely accomplished that goal. Um, 
everyone, yeah, it, the feedback was phenomenal. Honestly, it brought me to tears reading some of the people, the messages I got from people. Oh my gosh. I bet you were just flooded, you know, just because mm-hmm. not only was it your story, but it was, um, a handful of others. I, I don't remember the exact number, but I think it was like eight or nine, maybe mm-hmm. like eight, nine, 10, something like that. Um, yep. I bet like the thing for me is that whenever I read something like that, I feel so much hope. And yes. I know that that is like what you gave to other people. There's just the feeling of hope. Like there is hope that this could get better or it yeah. will get better. For sure. And I think, I think what was huge is that some of the accounts that wrote their stories for me had never really shared their full story on Instagram as well. Um, and I'm so thankful they were willing to share it for the purpose of that post. Um, but I think a lot of people who reached out were like, wow, I had no idea this dog has those kind of issues. I see this dog hiking in the mountains. I see this dog living this great life and I never would have known. And it's like, like that is kind of gives people a goal to work towards. Like these these dogs that have behavioral issues, they don't have to stay home, no matter what some people will say. You know, they should be able to go everywhere that they are able to go, um, feel comfortable going. And I think that, like you said, gave a lot of people a lot of hope. Right. Yeah. I I relate to that so much, especially about like the dogs that, you know, people just don't realize that they used to have behavioral issues or that like their owner really used to struggle. And like, they used to have like a lot of anxiety, like the dog and, Mm -hmm. and the owner, you know, and sometimes like, because I used to share a lot about like Layla's reactivity and like my struggles, like while we're going through that and, uh, like my Instagram captions and stuff have kind of like shifted a little bit because we spent like a whole year last year, just really, really drilling, like a lot of training, a lot of like confidence building. And so now sometimes I look back on my posts and, you know, I like find hope from my past self. Mm -hmm. Um, And then sometimes like, I wonder, you know, I don't speak about it as much just because it's not something that it's like brought up every day, how it used to. Mm -hmm. And so like, and then now my perception has really changed on a lot of things in that, like, stuff that kind of annoys me now would have been like a breakthrough for us this time last year, Mm -hmm. you know, just because like the shift of what used to be such a, a, a big detail, you know, a big like thing that we did is now something that we do every day. Yeah. I, I resonate with that so much. There's sometimes where I almost feel guilty because I know I have a lot of followers that are are on our page to follow Kane's journey. And I don't share that much about it anymore. And it really is just because on a day-to-day basis, he has become a very easy dog Mm -hmm. because of all that training. And right. Like there's things we do now on an everyday basis that would have been huge for us a few years ago. Um, and so that's why I still try to share successes as well as, um, you know, the not great days. Uh, but yeah, sometimes I look back and I'm like, wow, I haven't talked about Kane's training in months. I'm like, because there really hasn't been anything to talk about, which is great. No, it is. It's like a great feeling. (laughs) It's a great thing. But then, yeah, whenever like you have used your platform, um, in the past to, to talk about that, it does like make you think like, oh crap. Like I haven't talked about that. Like we are, Mm -hmm. you know, at a good point. 
Um, and so I think Haley from pause and reflect, I know you had her in your blog. She's like just a yes. really good example of somebody that you really wouldn't realize like their dog had any issues at one point, just because mm-hmm. their day-to-day life is so, um, like balanced and steady and like, you know, they have a routine. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So I think, yeah, she's, she's a great example. I look to her for, for a lot of insight. <laughs> She really is. She has done such an amazing job with Scout. It's so inspiring. It really and she's is. just such a phenomenal writer too. I feel like her, she posts a caption and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to share this because my thoughts are the exact same. And you just wrote it so much better than I could have ever wrote it. Oh, just eloquent. She's so yes. like her words are just, yeah, she's a phenomenal writer. Okay. So getting back into the questions a bit. So Layla's reactivity is actually more flight. So she will like pull at the end of her leash if she gets scared, but she's running in like the opposite direction. So she's not like uh, lunging, growling, barking, mm-hmm. more of those like fight signs um, mm-hmm. that I think you like described Kane having um, whenever he got like scared or anxious or, you know, any sort of response to a fearful or unknown stimulus. Um, but I, I didn't like, I kind of just brushed off some of those early signs of her reactivity just from not knowing anything about dog behavior. Um, and it sounded like you did too. So what were some of the early signs like, and what were the feelings that you were having because of his behavior? Yeah. So yes, his response to things that make him uncomfortable are definitely fight responses. Um, he has never hurt another dog, but mm-hmm. he has broken skin on humans, but he's very loud. Um, that is his like primary defense mechanism. Um, and I think kind of those early warning signs we saw, saw and really honestly just didn't know what to do with. So ignoring them was the easiest option. Right. Um, he did start to be leash reactive. Um, if he was allowed to greet dogs on leashes, And I think that was kind of where everything started. We did let him greet dogs on leashes because I did not know any better. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that just built a lot of frustration. And then we had a few bad incidents um, at dog parks where he was attacked by other dogs. Again, I didn't know that dog parks were a bad thing. And then with the human issues, I think those were a little more subtle only because they were more sporadic. His dog issues really came out and they came out in full force. It kind of went leash reactivity. Then he didn't want to play with dogs at the park and was getting in fights with dogs at the park. Um, his human issues were a little bit more subtle. And I think that's kind of why I missed those early warning signs, but those were things just as simple as just growling at people when they came in the house. Um, and then, but then they'd be there for five minutes and he would warm up and Mm -hmm. it was all fine. Um, and then we worked with a positive only trainer who recommended people who come in the house, if he was uncomfortable, that they, you know, asked him to do some obedience commands, give him food, and then they could pet him. Well, I think that only compounded the factor because he's a super food driven dog. So he was obviously going to take the food from them, but that didn't necessarily mean he was comfortable, which I think is where we missed that progression of going from, oh, I'm slightly uncomfortable. I'm going to growl to, okay, now no one's listening to my command. No one's listening to my warnings. They're actually pushing my boundaries even more. And now they're petting me. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, there was a couple incidents like right off the bat where like he kind of like snarled and snapped, but there always seemed to be something we could blame it on. And I mean, hindsight's always 2020, but you know, someone was like kind of taunting him with a chip at a barbecue and like he snapped and they were like, Oh, it was totally my fault. I was messing with him. And so we were like, Oh, okay. Like, that's fine. That was the explanation. Um, so I think all the warning signs were there. And I think if I had a dog like Kane again, I would see those. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, we were just honestly, I think clueless and scared and kind of just hoped that if we ignored them, they would go away. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel like, especially if, since he was like still a bit younger, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes like you think like they'll grow out of them. Um, I know mm-hmm. that sometimes like people will knowingly like be aware that their dog behavior that their dog's behavior is like kind of off but they're a puppy so that they'll just be like oh like they'll grow out of it um Mm -hmm. but then you know when you just like don't know it's a whole other ball game and like you said like you were scared like you Mm -hmm. didn't know how to fix it like this was your dog like you wanted to help him um I don't doubt that you didn't want to help him. You know what I mean? And so, mm-hmm. um, like all you wanted to do was, was help him and, and protect him. And then even like in your own home, just having people over and that happening, you know, that can be a really like isolating, just odd and confusing feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really started to feel like the only solution was that we couldn't have people over. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think it just, seemingly happened so quickly that it was just so scary because we went for, I mean, I was in grad school when we got him. Um, and I had a very small grad school class and we would all, all 15 of us hang out at our apartment on the weekend and Kane was fine with that. And then all of a sudden one day he just wasn't. Um, and I think that was just such a huge, like, wait, hold on. Like, where did this come from? What is happening? And so, yeah, I really think we kind of thought like, oh, he's just going to grow out of this. Mm -hmm. Or like, maybe it's just certain people or like, yeah, we were always finding something else to blame it on. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a really good point. Um, because your mind naturally just like wants to blame something anyways. Right. Mm -hmm. Like regardless of if it's about a dog or just, you know, why is it raining today? (laughs) You just always (laughs) want to blame something. Um, it's easier, you know, it's easier. It like gives some sort of answer to the uncertainty. Um, but I like what you said too about how whenever you were doing like the treat with like commands and then petting, mm-hmm. how, you know, looking back on it now, you were like, that was just pushing his boundaries even more. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of, you know, in the moment, like you might not realize that. Um, but I feel like if somebody listening to this is hearing that, they might be a little bit more aware of that. Not saying that it's wrong to do that, but mm-hmm. just, you know, be more aware of it. Yeah, I think like I'm sure for certain dogs that can work Mm -hmm. great um, and help them feel more comfortable and relaxed. Um, But yeah, I think for Kane, he would never not take food from someone. Right. So, and I think for a lot of people, they associate like, oh, the dog sat for me and took a treat. So that means he's comfortable. And that was definitely not the case. But that's also how we were reading it too. We were like, okay, he took food, he sat, like, what a good boy. Like, okay, yeah, now you can pet him. And then in reality, he was starting to associate food with stress Mm -hmm. and people petting him. And so then like the thought of anyone give him, giving him food just terrified him. 
Right. Do you ever felt like during that time, your relationship with him, like, I don't want to say like was nothing, but do you feel like it, you know, there was tension between you all because he saw that Mm -hmm. like you were allowing that, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. I mean, I think it took us a really long time to get to where we are now. And there was, I would say years, probably two solid years where he had no trust in me and I really had no trust in him either. Um, because I, I I didn't know how to read him. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to understand his body language and therefore I kept letting him down. And so he was now thinking like there, she's not going to help me. I have to handle this myself. Um, I don't think it was until we started really diving into training and honestly setting up a strong management plan that we built any kind of trust because for him, that management plan of me separating him from people coming in the door, from me giving him his own space, me telling him how to handle himself with people around. I think that is what helped him build trust in me because he can't think for himself when he's like that. Oh, for um, sure. And he needed someone to think for him. And the fact that I was doing that, finally doing that for him, he was like, Oh, maybe she does have my back. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel this so much, but like kind of in a different way, because when I saw Layla react, I would react by also being scared and fearful and mm-hmm. like, would just break down in tears. I mean, the amount of times that we would be on a walk and something would pass by that would scare her and she start to like pull and run and um, just like be in so much distress. I would just, I would literally like walk with her, but be also crying, (laughs) like just, Mm -hmm. you know, just a, a mess. And I feel like we started to finally build our trust back up once I like got my shit together. Mm-hmm. So, and because yep. I like, once I like got my stuff together, I was like able to what you said, like logically think and guide her. Mm-hmm. So like, she wasn't having to do it herself because she was making poor decisions whenever she was, she was in control. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I feel that so much. Um, I mean, it is really hard, especially when it's something completely new and you're trying to process it, but they oh, can't God, process yeah. it. And I mean, my anxiety was out of control. Um, I mean, it was right. And then, then I was anxious as soon as people were coming over. And so then he was like, well, why are you anxious? Yeah. And then people walked in the door and tried to give him hot dogs. And he's like, oh, I see why you're anxious. I need to be. Yeah. It was a terrible, vicious circle. Yes. A cycle is, is what I always call it too, because it's just, we feed off of each other. So you mentioned the positive only trainer. And then Mm -hmm. I know now that you used, um, like more balanced methods. So Mm -hmm. was there ever like a last straw that, or, or many over time that, you know, you were like, we need more training or we need a different type of training to help Kane out. Yeah. So I think the, the first final straw I think there's definitely multiple mm-hmm. was, um, when he, my grandma arrived to visit and she went to pet him just, you know, like anyone would normally when you're introducing them to a dog and he snapped at her. And that was like, Oh my gosh, that was the first person he had ever completely snapped at right off the bat for just trying to pet him. Um, so at that point we were like, okay, we need a trainer. 
then we were already using a prong collar and I just kind of felt like I wasn't um, super on the positive only board. Um, so we found a trainer that labeled herself as positive only. And she certainly was in terms of her mentality, but she did allow clients to use prong collars. Okay. And that was honestly part of the reason we went with her Mm -hmm. because I really struggled to find any trainers in Chicago that would work with you if you used a prong collar. And I was like, I currently cannot walk this dog on a flat collar. So if this trainer comes to our house, this is going to be completely pointless because if I can't even use this tool that we have now started using and have a good communication with and can go on a walk happily with, then I feel like we're back to square one. Right. And I mean, who hindsight's always 2020. Like, yeah, maybe that was telling me something that maybe I shouldn't have even been using the tools I was using at that time. But anyways, we found her. She sounded great. Um, she was the one that recommended the treat and pet thing. Um, but she was also very educated on dog behavior, um, very knowledgeable about dog behavior and gave us a lot of resources to learn about what these behaviors were that we were even seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of explained like the path of maturity in dogs, especially kind of the differences between a shelter dog um, that didn't go home as a puppy, things like that. Oh, so okay. she definitely gave us a lot of information. Honestly, her treat and pet method worked for a little bit, mm-hmm. kind of until it didn't. When it stopped working, that's when I had kind of started to do a little research on my own and felt like, I just need to tell people to completely ignore him. I, that point I was still very much allowing people to pet him, but it was once he was asking for it. So ignore Mm -hmm. him when you first come in the door, once he shows that he's comfortable, then you can pet him kind of thing. Um, he still did not have, I mean, basically any obedience at this point. It's not like I could go put him on a bed when people were over. I really did not have much control over him. So she, she was the one that introduced kind of make him sit on place when people come in the door. Honestly, I just did not put the time into that at that time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, know, I, I, feel you. Like that was, I think it was such like, it felt like such an unattainable goal that I didn't even try it Yeah, because I was like, how? Yeah. And like, just whenever you like, think about it, like as a whole during that time, you're like, I want my dog to be friendly, like not to go lay mm-hmm. on place. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like I was like, no, no, no. Like we're going to work through this. He's going to like people again. Right. Like I, yeah, I was totally still in denial looking back. I was like, there's no need for him to be on a bed when people come in the door because he's going to be fine. So very much denial. Um, honestly, th- my first introduction to working with a totally balanced trainer was for a completely different reason. Um, but she ended up being um, kind of the my biggest mentor influence in dog training. So I had Kane off leash when he totally should not have been off leash. He did not have a solid recall and he took off after a herd of deer and I lost him for about two hours in a forest preserve just outside Chicago. And after that, I decided I needed help with recall. Mm -hmm. Um, I had always had this dream of having this dog that could go off leash and he used to, we used to go to like the dog beach and whatnot and parks in Chicago and he would be off leash there and totally fine, but definitely was not recall proofed around deer. So I actually, by this point had already made quite a lot of connections through Instagram with other people who had reactive dogs. And 
I don't, I honestly don't remember how it came up, but a girl I knew through Instagram in Minnesota was working with a trainer for her dog's behavioral issues, reactivity mm-hmm. and recall, um, using the e-collar. And I think we were just talking honestly. And I was saying that I needed to find a trainer to work on recall with. And she asked her trainer and she happened, her friend happened to be a trainer in Chicago. Oh, nice. So okay. Honestly, that was super clutch because I don't know that I would have found her because obviously I had already done tons of Googling on dog trainers in Chicago and I had never come across her. Um, So I think that was amazing. And so we went to her working to work on recall and introduced the e-collar, but it turned into so much more than that. When we first met with her, I told her that he was reactive to people and dogs that we had it fully under control. (laughs) And now I look back and that's just hysterical because she was probably like, okay, sure you do. Like whatever you say. Um, But yeah, we went and met with her, did a few sessions on recall. And then we kind of start, then I started kind of asking questions about other stuff. And that's when we really dove into the actual training that I ended up doing with her. Um, She's kind of the one who introduced me to, just the whole mentality of dog behavior, dog training. She's the one that, you know, I started listening to podcasts, reading books, things like that, just getting really into the dog training world, as opposed to before I was totally just like, how can I make my dog like people? How can I make my situation better? I, I don't think I was ever really I don't think I understand the whole world behind it. Yeah. I think I was very, I I was being very short-sighted as opposed to looking at the whole picture. And so when we started training with her, that's when kind of the whole picture came together. Um, And yeah, so I feel like that was kind of the turning point for us. Oh yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And okay. First, just like the power of Instagram in general, it's like really crazy to me. Mm -hmm. Um, how you like searched high and low for uh, a trainer in Chicago and you like didn't really find one until mm-hmm. until Instagram. When was this? Like what year? January 2017. Okay. That I started working with her. Um, and so, yeah, I'd say that's when I like really got into things. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I, I kind of like to know just like a timeline, especially because mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like the dog Instagram world like blew up, especially from the pandemic. So it's yes. kind of nice to like put things into perspective, like pre pandemic pandemic. Yeah. Prior pandemic. I think I, I think I made my dog Instagram in the summer of 2016. Um, that was kind of when we hit that first low point of actually realizing that this dog had some serious issues that were not going to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that would have been summer 2016. And that's when I started really kind of starting to connect with other people through dog Instagram. And then I'd say our journey really started in early 2017. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And then the other thing was just kind of how you were saying, like, you know, you were, I, you were like looking at it as like, I just want my dog to be people friendly. And I just like want my life to be easier. Um, instead of looking at it as like, how do we make Kane's life more enjoyable, more fulfilled, more comfortable, Uh because that's actually the thing that's going to make everything else easier. 
Yes. Like I think the first time I heard it was definitely on um, dog training conversations podcast with Jay and Chad. Mm -hmm. The first time I heard them talk about biological fulfillment, I think my brain exploded. Right. (laughs) Like the thought that like my dog, like I can fulfill my dog so that I can lessen his anxiety, lessen his stress, lessen his desire to blow up at people or blow up at other dogs. I was completely mind blown. Yeah. It's a game changer, honestly, Mm -hmm. such a game changer. So switching, uh, switching, uh, gears a little bit, we've talked a Mm -hmm. lot about Kane and kind of like his fear, anxiety, and how you handled it and coped with it. Um, but besides the training that you got for Kane, was there any mental training that you did or that you currently do to endure the journey with a reactive dog and keep yourself steady through everything? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think initially the biggest progress I made was through connecting with people through dog Instagram and then eventually meeting up with quite a lot of people in person. Right before I left Chicago, I had just started to meet up with other people to train and just hang out with our dogs and seeing like being able to do that with other people who also had reactive dogs was like, oh my God, like I'm truly not alone. Even though I've been talking to these people behind a screen, it was so different meeting up with them in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I moved to Chicago or when I moved to Colorado, um, uh, me and one other girl started a GRC dog sports club together. And that was, I think where like the biggest change happened. We had such a amazing community of people. Um, there was probably maybe like eight of us mm-hmm. to start with maybe six to eight people. And I mean, we're still friends today. We just had brunch together at the weekend. We don't train our dogs to as much together as we did. We were at one point meeting every single Sunday to do some kind of training or path walks. And all of these people had dogs with behavioral issues. And I think that was where I truly started to feel like we are making progress. We can do these things. We can lead a normal life and, and we're certainly not alone in it. Mm -hmm. Um, since then I, definitely have started therapy, um, which helps a lot with my own personal anxiety, um, which obviously just helps the whole, with the whole picture of things. Right. Um, so I mean, I still have anxiety around doing things with Kane, um, but it's so much significantly less than it used to be. It no longer inhibits what I'm going to do. I might have a little bit of heart racing as I pull up to a trailhead, hoping that there's no other cars there that day. Um, but it's not going to stop me if there are three other cars there that day, you know, like I've learned to be able to cope with that and having such a team of people that talks me up and brings me out of those holes when I'm feeling down. Um, and just being able to bounce ideas off people like, Hey, this happened today. Am I overthinking it? Do I need to change any, you know, that kind of stuff, just being, having that community of people where I can bounce ideas off them and just feeling accepted. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think, I think feeling isolated, exacerbated the anxiety, um, for obvious reasons, And having that community, having those people I could go to, I think really minimized the isolation, which made it just 
so much easier to deal with my own anxiety. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's, that's such a big part of it. And just like the more practice that you get over time, you just feel more Mm -hmm. confident because you have more success stories to fall back on instead of like uncertainty or failures. Exactly. That is, that is exactly it to a T. We had a bad incident a few weeks ago of getting charged by an off-leash dog and Kate got into it pretty bad with this dog. This dog would not back down. And if a dog won't back down, Kane won't back down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I walked away and I was like, I mean, I was shaken up, but I would, I got home and I was like, I'm okay. You right. know, I was like, I don't think this is really going to set us back that much. Like, yeah, he's probably going to have a little bit of stress, Um, but we have so many positive encounters with dogs to fall back on that this one encounter is not going to damage us. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas I think if that had happened a couple of years ago, I would have overthought every walk for the next month. I would have been so anxious and he would have picked up on that. So I think having all those, all those good feelings to fall back on helps those with those bad days so much. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. And the GRC dog sport club, I didn't realize that like you were one of the people that, that made that in Colorado. Yeah. So That's it was awesome. Me. And yeah, it was me and my friend Molly. Um, and then shortly after another girl, Sarah joined. And then from there, it was a few more people. Um, mm. but yeah, so we started it in, um, Molly actually had started it with someone else kind of just before I moved to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of became me and her running it once I moved here. Um, so that was in late 2018. And I would say we had a pretty solid, consistent, like training days until the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. Once the pandemic hit, we kind of, obviously everything was canceled. Right. Um, and then from there, it never really, we we just had kind of have different interests now. And we, um, we still have a club and mm-hmm. Molly still runs a lot of the practices. It's not as much my jam anymore, but I definitely go when I can for the community, for just the training environment and everything. Um, but yeah, it was honestly like, I credit so much of the progress Kane and I made to that group. We had, I mean, meeting up at pretty much every single Sunday to train it just held us accountable. It built, built so much confidence. It allowed us to bounce ideas off each other. And it was just such a cool environment because we were all just there training our dogs. No one was leading the group. No one was our trainer. We were all just training our dogs in our own ways and bouncing ideas off each other. Even though we were all training in slightly different ways or had slightly different dogs, it, it was just such a community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I've actually, I've never been to a GRC, uh, club, but I know friends that have actually went to the one in Colorado. Um, okay. so I just, I think it's so funny that you said that, um, I've like seen pictures of the inside of it and everything from them. Mm-hmm. So it's just really funny. Yeah. There's yeah, when no, we, no, when we started, all our practices were just outside at parks. Okay. It has gotten so much more official now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, Sarah has a contact to rent a space and everything. Mm-hmm. Cause she's a trainer, but yeah, like, I mean, for the first probably so that would have been a year and a half until the pandemic hit. Um, we just picked random parks every week and we rotated between four different locations in Colorado, just based on where everyone lived. Um, and it was just so laid back. <laughs> yeah, that that's nice. There's no club anywhere near where I am. I think the nearest one is about five hours away. 
Okay. Yeah, it's in it's in Atlanta. So that's okay. a bit of a drive. Yeah. That's a bit of a drive for sure. But yeah, I'm super, super jealous of that. I really, really like that. So it sounds like, you know, just training and having a reactive dog kind of took a toll on you and your anxiety. Um, I feel like anybody who owns a dog um, that is reactive and they genuinely care about the dog, you know, they probably have some form of anxiety or guilt or like, you know, confusion or exhaustion, anything. Um, But it really challenged me in so many ways and pushed me out of my comfort zone constantly. Um, I became really obsessed with pushing both of us to perfection. I've always been like a perfectionist and definitely something that I'm like super open about and working on in therapy, but it took me a long time to like get out of that mindset with her. Um, because I was pushing her over the edge at times and Mm -hmm. it ultimately ended up being, you know, really unhealthy for myself, for her, for like my relationships with people and like working from home because I had no boundaries. Um, but did you like ever experience anything like that where you training your dog started to affect outside sources or like people on the outside? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's hard because I think having that, honestly, having that GRC group that I went to every Sunday, that was my dedicated time every week where I got to geek out about dog things, talk to people who understood because, but definitely early on, there was definitely comments from friends and kind of toxic relationships where it was like, well, maybe you just shouldn't be doing this with Kane or, you know, little comments, honestly, Mm -hmm. no one has, no one in my life has ever been truly unsupportive, um, which I'm very thankful for. Um, but there's definitely, you know, there's always going to be that judgment, especially when people don't understand and especially people that have social dogs. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I always felt like that judgment was falling on me as being a bad dog owner and causing these issues or exacerbating these issues, um, things like that. I mean, my friends definitely get sick of listening to me talk about dog things. Um, I've gotten better at chilling out on that and trying not to talk about them as much. Um, But definitely, I mean, for a while in those two years where I feel like we were making the bulk of our progress, I mean, honestly, that was what was on my mind most of the day. Right. Um, And, and even when we were out doing stuff, it was always kind of bringing the conversation back to that. So I think I've definitely tried to improve on that over time, but it was really hard to have boundaries because especially when, you know, friends are coming over to your house and there has to now be these rules when they're coming over to your house. It's not as simple as, oh, you can just walk in the door and do whatever you want kind of thing. Like, oh, you can come over, but you have to do this, this, and this, and don't do this and this and this. So I think just kind of adding all of that became more stressful on me, which therefore led me to take it out of my friends. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in terms of my relationship with Josh, my fiance, that was really tough on us because he saw how this dog was affecting me. And he, I mean, he obviously hated seeing me that way. I was putting in all this work and, you know, I thought I was putting in all this work and, and maybe wasn't seeing the progress I wanted to see and incidents were still happening and seeing me have so much anxiety about this dog. I mean, he definitely resented Kane for a while mm-hmm. and I can't blame him for that at 
all. Like he didn't want to see me going through this. So I'd say it definitely affected our relationship quite a bit. There was a lot of frustration there. Um, There's a lot of tension there. And especially because in general, he's just so much more of a relaxed person. So he would have people over when I wasn't there and everything would go totally fine. And then for me, that was so frustrating because I'm the one training this dog, yet he does better when I'm not there. Um, You know, like that doesn't seem fair. Oh my God. Uh, I feel this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, I think, and I mean, he's just so much more relaxed and I think like he also finds it so much easier to say things to people like, oh yeah, come on over. Just don't touch the fucking dog. Right. And that's all he needs to say. And people don't. And I'm like writing people a novel over a text message before they come over. Like, hi, like, blah, blah, blah. These are all keen, like literally a novel. And people are like, what is wrong with this girl? And, and then all of a sudden it goes better when I'm not there. And so there was definitely just a lot of frustration from me, from him. There was just tension because he wanted me to be happy. He wanted this Mm -hmm. to be the dog that I wanted to have. And he was just never going to be that dog. Um, So I think I'd say like out of all the relationships, it was definitely mine and his that was affected the most through all of this. And I mean, I I think he still harbors a little resentment towards Kane in terms of how he's changed our life and Mm -hmm. changed my life. Um, I mean, in some ways, totally for the better. I mean, I never would have met all the friends I have through dog Instagram without Kane. Um, but there's also ways that I wish my life, my life had never had to change because of him. Right. So I think there's definitely still, th- there's residual tension for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he loves Kane to death, but he's definitely not the dog we thought we were going to get. Oh yeah. But did you guys get him together? Yeah, we did. Okay. Yeah, we adopted him together. Um, and I mean, we both just had no clue what, right. what, what could even happen. We both grew up with dogs, but yeah, super social dogs and everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we, we definitely used to share the responsibilities of him a lot more when we lived in Chicago, I think purely just because of how busy we both were with mm-hmm. work um, and splitting our schedules. But now, I mean, he'll take Kane out if I ask him to, and he walks them when I go on trips and stuff, but pretty much the dogs are my dogs. Right. Yeah. That sounds a lot like how like we got Layla. Um, I'm also engaged, you know, we got her together. Um, and then I, over time, like it just so happened that I took on more of the responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And then whenever I got really into training with Layla, you know, there was a lot of like the tension of Bobby being like, I don't want to see you anxious. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. what do we need to do? So that like, this dog isn't making you so anxious. And I'm like, well, I'm going to train it. And then, you know, I started training and then I got like really, really just obsessed with it, mm-hmm. especially because I worked from home and, um, you know, the pandemic was going on and I just like, you know, had nothing better to do. Might as well take mm-hmm. my dog on a thousand training walks per day and do <laughs> 10 million training sessions. And I remember this one time so specifically that, If I was doing something with Layla and I was really focused on it, I could not have like Bobby mess it up at all because I was like, if Mm -hmm. he like does something and she gets distracted, our whole day is ruined. You know, that's Mm -hmm. like how serious I was and it was unhealthy. But I remember this one time she used to be really scared of bath. And so I was trying to feed her in the bathtub and no, no water or anything. I just put her bowl in the bathtub. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And she was barking like out of just frustration. And he had just got home from work and he was like, why is Layla barking? And I'm like, I really want her to eat this food in the bathtub so that she gets used to the bathtub and, you know, food's reward and yada, yada, yada. And he's like, but she's like barking like and not doing anything. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but she'll like get over it. And this went on for like, you know, another minute or so. And he was like, you have got to stop. And I was like, no. And he, he just went over, grabbed the food and just put it on the like other side of the bathtub for Layla to eat. And I was like, why did you do that? And he was like, you guys were getting nowhere. You guys were getting nowhere. And I feel like that was kind of like the moment that I needed for him to be like, mm-hmm. you need to stop being so, I don't want to say like, stupid but just like mm-hmm. you need to like you need to see like what you're doing from the outside from an outside perspective right. like I know that you want to like get her used to different things and get her comfortable and have exposure and all this like I get what you're trying to do but like it's not beneficial at the moment <laughs> right like yeah just looking out yes seeing it from an outsider perspective I feel like because right you sometimes get such tunnel vision yes that you're like and like okay this is our training plan for the week and we have to check every box on this training plan for the week and if we don't well then we failed this week Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah no that's not how it works (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah I totally get that like I had to stop making training plans for that reason because I was so obsessed with them that it was taking the fun out of everything Mm -hmm. and even when we weren't making progress I was still forcing myself to do things. Um, yeah, but I totally get what you're saying. (laughs) I mean, I think there was so much, there was also frustration between me and Josh because when I started really diving into things, like, I mean, I was listening to like a podcast episode while I got ready in the morning, a podcast episode on my way to work, a podcast episode on my way home, a podcast episode before bed. Like I was listening to four dog training podcasts a day. Like (laughs) that was not healthy, but like I was so desperate to find little tidbits in every episode. And I was of just like things I could add to like what we were already doing. Mm -hmm. But that was kind of when I stopped letting Josh do things with Kane. Like I was like, no, you can't take him on a walk because- you don't know how you now don't know how we're doing things. Yes, it has to be structured and yes, you have mm-hmm. to make sure that you're using all the same things as me. <laughs> exactly. Like, and, and for him, he was like, well, this just took all the enjoyment of owning a dog mm-hmm. away from me because now I can't even interact with this dog without you yelling at me because I just told him lay down when his actual command is down. And now you're yelling at me from the kitchen. And I think I was so yeah, I had such tunnel vision that I couldn't see that like, yeah, that, that isn't going to harm Kane in the long run. So I think it took me a long time to kind of let go of every walk needs to have these same rules. You have to put him in a heel when you pass other dogs. Like, no, like in reality, like he's usually totally fine for Josh and they just go on a walk and Josh doesn't say one word to him the whole time. And it's all good. Um, but it took it's me a very long- sometimes because you're <laughs> right, like, like it's I not do fair. so much work. <laughs> right. And I'm like, but then Josh just has this relaxed energy and Kane's like, did whatever. Like, yeah, it's all good. Um, but yeah, I think it took me a long time to kind of come out of that tunnel vision and see that like the world wasn't going to end if someone else walked this dog. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, yeah. 
we just we just had a moment. We just connected. Like really, we really did. Deep. You were talking, and I was like, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, these were just realizations. Like I don't even know if I had had before. <laughs> oh, I swear, I have like these realizations every time I do a podcast recording with somebody, just because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I know exactly what you mean, or mm-hmm. like you just like took the words out of my mouth. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so enough about Kane. <laughs> um not really but uh so now along with Kane you have Nyx your Mm -hmm. uh pointer which I think those are such cool dogs um so what's it like with two dogs and do you think that having Nyx has helped you and him succeed as a team yeah um so I think I think the biggest thing about having two dogs is that I really like to make one-on-one time for both of them, Mm -hmm. not just for training purposes, but honestly, just for like my mental health. I feel like it's good to just get out with one dog and only have to pay attention to one dog. So I think having two dogs, the biggest thing for me is the time commitment of having two dogs. Um, and that's certainly selective based on how I want to live my life with two dogs. Right. Um, but I totally love having two dogs and there's a third coming next year. So I'm crazy. How exciting. Um, <laughs> but I think definitely, yes, she has just been the perfect fit for our whole family. Um, I think in terms of for Kane, she is fantastic. I mean, we took things extremely slow right off the bat, um, but it definitely paid off. They get along so well. She is she's submissive, but like sassy at the same time. Like she'll like, she pushes him to play and to interact, but she knows exactly where that line is that she cannot cross. Right. Um, and she would, and I think it's not even that she's scared of him. Like she's not going to push that line because she's scared of him. She's not going to push that line because she respects him. Mm-hmm. And I think she completely understands that like when he, does correct her or tell her off that it is because she made him uncomfortable. Like I think she really just gets him. Um, and she's so good with him. I mean, she brought out such a playful side of him. They play in the house and they're just really good together where when we're just out like trail running or hiking too, they completely do their own thing. They do not interact at all when we're out. Um, she'll occasionally try and get him to play and he just completely ignores her. Um, <laughs> but she's just very respectful of him and his space. So I think in that aspect, she's just so good for him. And I mean, I, I definitely wanted that breed for a long time. That's mm-hmm. what I grew up with. But I think it also helped that I felt like that breed was going to be a really good fit for him. Um, I, I don't know how it would go if it was a different breed, like a more dominant pushy breed. I'm not sure it would go so well. Um, so I think teaching them to coexist and live neutrally together was huge, but I think a lot of it also just comes from the dog she is and the breed she is. Mm -hmm. As far as like the rest of our family goes, I think Nick's was like, that breath of fresh air that we all needed to remember that owning a dog doesn't have to be stressful. Um, owning a dog can be relaxing and calm and just the pure joy of owning a dog Mm -hmm. that can go anywhere with you. So I think for both me and Josh, that's been huge. Just the fact that we can literally take her anywhere. We can do anything with her traveling with her. So easy. There's just, you don't have to think about anything. She's just going to adapt to any situation. Um, she's going to be happy as long as she's just with you. Um, so I think that was really great for just our whole family, kind of a 
just, yeah, a weight off our shoulders a little bit. Right. It's kind of like a yin to yang type of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, they just complement each other really well. Um, is kind of what it sounds like to me. Yeah, that is really true. So if you could say anything to your past self or Mm -hmm. somebody that was, was, or is in your position with a reactive dog, what would you say? I think I would say that it is going to get better but you are going to have to put in a lot of work for a long time. I hope things were going to get better without me doing a whole lot of anything. And that's just unfortunately not how it works for majority of dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, if you do put in that good, that hard work, things are going to get better. You are going to see improvements, but I also think the biggest change for me and the biggest kind of turn in our journey was when I learned to adjust my expectations for living with this dog. And I don't want that to come across to people as like, I lowered my expectations or anything along those lines. Um, but I did have to really change my expectations about who this dog was and who he had the capability to be. He was never going to be that overly show. He was never going to be Nick's. He was never going to be overly social. He was never going to love to go everywhere, meet everyone, meet dogs, meet people. And that was just something that took me a really long time to come to the realization. I was still hoping that with all this training, he would be a different dog. Um, But I really think the biggest turn in our journey was when I stopped having unrealistic expectations for him and accepted the dog that he is and recognized that we can still make progress without him being that dog I wanted him to be. So true. First off, um, I like one of my favorite quotes or mantras or whatever you want to call it is observation over expectation. So just like kind of Mm. seeing what the world is around you. And yeah, like you said, like not really lowering your expectations, but just you know, being acceptant of what is actually going on instead of setting yourself up for failure by having these expectations. And Mm -hmm. that like in itself has really helped me with my like overall anxiety. But whenever you're like always just expecting something to happen or like you're not accepting, accepting of the way that your dog is or like how something is in life, you are so unable to enjoy the pieces that they are giving you. Yes. It's like, I would be trying to play with Layla, but I would like think about the walk that we had earlier today or like the walk that we Mm -hmm. have to have tomorrow morning. And then I'm like completely taken out of the present moment of playing with her and enjoying her, you know, being happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that is huge for people to understand. Um, is that, yeah, you're not lowering your expectations. You're adjusting them so that you can see the best in your dog. I think I spent a lot of time missing out on how great of a dog Kane is because I had those unrealistic expectations for him. Um, and realizing that I can just put him away when people come over Mm -hmm. or I can leave him at home when I'm going to a busy trail, those kind of things, just being okay with that. And recognizing that not only am I going to be happier, but he's going to be happier too. Um, I think that was a huge shift in us being able to enjoy the time we were spending together instead of forcing it to be things that were setting us up for failure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so true. Okay. So I try to ask this last question to all of my guests. So last but not least, 
what does having a dog mom mentality mean to you? It can be whatever you want. Um, I know some people don't like the term dog mom, um, but <laughs> it's my thing. <laughs> I like it. So, <laughs> No, I think to me, it means the community that I found through this journey. Like I've already said multiple times, like it makes me so emotional to think about, but I've met some of my best friends because of Kane's behavioral issues. Um, and without those people, we would not be where we are, but without him, I never would have met those people. Um, so I think the community of people, whether it's the people I have become extremely close friends with or all the way to the people who I have just chatted with a couple times on Instagram through messages. Every single person that I've talked to along this journey has had some kind of impact. And I think to me, that mentality shift to having a community and bringing me out of that point of isolation. Yeah. I think that's what it means to me. Beautiful. I'll, every time I ask somebody and they give me an answer, I just melt my heart melts. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I guess I I'm like so emotional just yeah. thinking about it. Oh my gosh. Yes. I get really emotional too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so, so much, Joanna, for coming on. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your stories and just sharing all of your feelings and emotions with us. Um, and I can't wait to, to put this out to the listeners. So thank you so much. Could you tell everyone where to find you and your dogs on social media? Yep. So my Instagram is co underscore mountain pack. And then I also have a blog, which is coloradomountainpack.com. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Dog Mom Mentality Podcast. My name is Caroline. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Dog Mom Mentality. And if you haven't already, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And if nothing else, I hope you get to play with your dog today.